stuff. It's episode 47 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason. You found the show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. On today's show, I talk to Corey Cullinan, a.k.a. Dr. Noise, about everything that is in the world of Dr. Noise. And believe me, there is a lot. Apps, music, videos, symphonies. I mean, are you kidding me? Symphonies. Corey is a very, very talented person, and I love getting a chance to talk to him. I think you'll really enjoy our conversation. And if you stay tuned all the way to the end of the show, you can hear the song Mystery Monkey from Corey's album, Phineas McBoof Crashes the Symphony, all the way through the whole song. We'll also have a movie review from my kids. We saw Trolls and... Not horrible. It is not horrible. In addition, 4 plus 1, the top 4 songs in my car, plus 1 I try to get my kids to listen to. Was I successful this week? I guess you'll have to wait and see. For everything that you need to know, just go to www.goodstuffpod.com. www.goodstuffpod.com. You can find the Instagram link, the Facebook link, the Twitter link, all of the links that you could possibly need to share. Share. It's the season share tis the season to share the good stuff kids podcast right too much too much was that too much okay well go ahead and share if you like the good one today with Corey cullinan aka dr noise the doctor is in the house thanks for listening talk to you at the end of the show i just saw the movie trolls with my three-person movie review committee a three-year-old a five-year-old and a seven-year-old Three-year-old, what did you think of Trolls? Um, Poppy and Branch. Poppy and Branch? You love Poppy and Branch? Yeah. Did you like the movie? Yeah, but Branch doesn't sing. Branch doesn't sing, but maybe he sings at some point. Yeah. Okay, five-year-old, what did you think of the movie? And Poppy. All of it was great. All of it was great? How many thumbs up? Two thumbs up? Would you Two thumbs up and two pinkies up and two first fingers? All of the fingers up? Oh my goodness. Okay, and now the seven year old in the back. How is the movie? Good. Yeah, who are your favorite characters? I like the green farter and I like the green I like all the farters and I like all the farters and the big guy snuggled on this little Yeah. So would we say that the trolls movie is good stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody agrees. Okay. It's four plus one, the top four songs in my car, plus one I try to get my kids to listen to. Coming in at number four this week is what we call the Watermelon Song, also known as Down by the Bay, but this time it's sung by Diego, Dora, and Friends. Oh, it's so great to hear more Diego music. That was very sarcastic. Number three is a return to the 4 plus 1 countdown, Moose on the Loose by Ozo Motley.
number two is the song Hair Up from the Trolls soundtrack by Justin Timberlake and Gwen Stefani. Um, you're welcome to make your own opinions on this one. And number one is by the Little Apple Band. It's the Dinosaur Train theme song. Oh boy, my eggs are hatching. One by one, her kids pop free. Baby Tyrannodon, one, two, three. Our plus one this week is Honestly by the band Zwan. Zwan is one of Billy Corgan's side projects that happened when he was on hiatus from Smashing Pumpkins. They had one album, which is almost impossible to find now. You have to actually order the physical CD on Amazon. But be careful, because when you search for Zwan, Z-W-A-N, on Amazon, you also get something that's a little bit like spam. Like, not like email spam, but like spam, like the meat product, but it's chicken. Anyway, this is a great song. My kids and I listened to it. My five-year-old and seven-year-old and I sat around the computer and listened, and my seven-year-old said, Daddy, this is boring. Not a winner. If you liked anything you heard on this week's countdown, you can find all of this music on Amazon, Spotify, or Apple Music. Except for Zwan. You gotta actually order that one. Thanks for listening. Support these artists. Um, so we're here with Corey Cullen and AKA Dr. Noise, right? Like you got a couple names going here. Um, yes. Uh, well, if you, if you think about it right off the bat, I'm lying to children because I actually don't have a doctorate. <laughs> well, and it's probably because you spelled noise wrong. I mean, if you had spelled noise, right, maybe you would have gotten the doctorate, but I think that the way you spelled it is actually perfect. So okay, good. we have a lot of ground to cover because I've been, uh, I've been in your world for uh, the majority of the morning here today. And, oh, nice. Um, so, so your got, head's about to explode. Well, I just, you know, I'm, uh, I'm very, very inspired and impressed by the amount that you do. So let's see if I've got this right. You've got five records out. There is at least two books out. You have yep. multiple mobile apps out. And yep. tonight, which, you know, we're, we're recording this on November 3rd. It's tonight, right? Or, or is it? it tonight is the premiere. Yeah, we went to the dress rehearsal last night. It was awesome. And tonight is the premiere of the stage play of one of your records. I, I, so 
there is a ton here, and I think we're going to need to start at the beginning and work our way forwards to now because uh, this is really like an incredible amount, an incredible amount of stuff. So, oh, thank you. And actually, let me uh, just for your record or whatever you're writing, um, it the, actually the musical is. Uh, it's actually the first two Dr. Noise CDs and books. The first so even though it's called The Ballad of Phineas McBoof, the story is actually the story that, that uh, encompasses the first two Dr. Noise releases. Okay, so you know, this is, we're going to wade our way through this because there's a yeah. lot we've got to wrap our heads around. So let's start. Where, where were you when the idea for Dr. Noise happened? Um, I think I was... Uh, the arts department head at Pinewood and the music teacher there. And in my last year teaching, my first child was born, Sydney, who's now just turned 14. And uh, so I started thinking about, hey, I'd like to do, I, I really loved teaching. And I started thinking, hey, I'd really like to do music for, um, I'd like to, I'd like to produce music and books for kids, right? And kids, my own A. I mean, really, it was sort of a selfish interest. I just wanted to um, make the kind of recordings and books that I would like my kids to check out. And uh, aside from Dr. Seuss, those didn't really exist. Certainly on the recording side, the kind of like musical theater for kid things that I wanted to share with my kids, I, they didn't really exist exactly the way I'd like, I would like to do them. If I had just been doing books, I would have said, I, my presence is not needed. We can just read Dr. Seuss. <laughs> or if I'd just been doing movies, I would have said, my presence is not needed. We can go to Pixar movies. Right. But, um, but there, there seemed to be, a, most kids' music seemed to be, you know, sort of soft rock for kids about sharing. And that's not really what I wanted to do with my kids. So, so what nothing, I have nothing against sharing. Of course, sharing is a nice yeah. thing. Um, it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing. So what, so Dr. Noise has a character that he writes and sings about, right? Phineas yeah. McBoof. And Phineas tell it, tell us uh, just a little rundown of, of what do we need to know about Phineas? So Phineas McBoof is the main character uh, and the leader of the International Band of Misunderstood Geniuses. And um, my favorite band, even though they're before my time, my favorite band, my favorite rock band has always been the Beatles. And so Phineas, is his story, if you read the Phineas stories and even look at his name, he's completely based on the Beatles. Um, he's, his, he's named after Paul McCartney, Phineas McBoof, Paul McCartney, you know, they're they're similar names, right? Uh -huh. Except Phineas McBoof is a goofier name, right? Um, and uh, I think we did this. I know we, I, th I think we made him a lefty if you look at how he plays his guitar. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I know we talked about that at some point. Uh, but if you look at the story of Phineas McBoof, here come my children with a Nerf football. Um, <laughs> wow, there are long lines at, long, at Walmart in a shower's drive in Mountain View. <laughs> it's not just the traffic on the freeway. It's no, the it's everywhere. everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. Um, so if you look at just one moment. Hello, beautiful. Yeah. Hello, super punk. Um, you get your football? Good. All right. So um, if you look at the uh, um, story in the first two books, the Ballad of Phineas and the Return of Phineas, it really is basically the Beatles story where he becomes so big that everybody's going, ah, in his concerts and he can no longer hear his own music. <laughs> and so 
in the Beatles case, they stopped touring in 67 and they just started making uh, crazy artsy fartsy uh, artistic uh, studio albums that you could never recreate live. And I think we're over here, girls. Um, in Phineas's case, he uh, quit the band and started doing orchestral music. Um, but it, it, it's really the same, the same premise, which is these guys are really talented and wonderful. And once they become so talented and popular that they can no longer do good stuff, they're not, they're no longer interested in the work. Uh So, and that was sort of a, even when you listen to that right there, just the, the storyline of my kids albums and books is, I won't necessarily say it's better or worse. It's just, there are a lot more gray areas and subtleties than your average kids band, which is just, or than your average kids media, which would just be, um, find what you want to do and go do it and everything will be happy. Yay. Uh uh, So I kind of attempt at least to have, we're going to be in the, uh, we're going to be in the car for about five minutes. Is that all right? Yeah, that's great. Denise, say hi. 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 How are you? Riley, say hi. 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 This is is Mike. It's what's your full name? My name is Michael Mason. Michael Mason. Yeah. we're talking about Phineas. Can I get yeah. you to hold this? Sweetheart? You guys, are, you guys should know you're on a podcast right now. I mean, it's not live, but you will be. Do you guys listen to podcasts? Oh, awesome! Yeah. Really? Yeah. Cool. Do you have anything you want to say to Podcast Nation? We're cool. Hi, Podcast Nation. <laughs> hey. you, oh, so in the back, you said you're cool. You guys just bought a Nerf football. Important stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and visiting grandparents also important. Yes, yeah. definitely important. I have one more question for, for your daughters. Are you guys enjoying your time in Mountain View, staying with your grandparents and seeing your dad's play? Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty cool, right? It's it's fun because, like, we it, he wrote something that we get to see, and that's different, and we don't really usually get to do that a lot, so that's cool. Nice. Perfect. Perfect answer. All right. You, well I'll done. give you... I'll give you kids ten dollars if one of you says, "Help! Get us out of this car! This man is here! Get us out of the car! Help! Please! Somebody let us out! Podcast listeners! Well, ten dollars? Yeah, ten dollars. Five each. Five each. Five each. We heard it. We heard it here first. So, um, so you're working on this stuff, and you're getting, and it sounds like theater, musical theater, especially, is. Additionally, additionally, like a big influence in addition to the Beatles. Um, so that factors yes. in, in, in how you're writing all this. And so, so Phineas, who are the people in Phineas's band? Like, we don't want to give it away. We want people to go find this and listen to it, right? So, like, who are the people that Phineas plays with? Well, uh, first of all, to your first point, see, I'll be like a politician in the debates. I'll like, like just answer whatever I want. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, asked. that's fine. No, to, to your first point, yes, there are, uh, it's not, certainly not just rock and roll, it's musical theater and classical music. Um, I'm a huge fan of rock and pop music, but um, I, uh, I have a, mu- a classical music degree from Stanford, and it, one of my loves is, is more sophisticated music, not just in terms of how the music's written, but long-form works, right? Uh-huh. And one of the things that I felt was sort of missing in children's audio literature at least were these sort of more sophisticated long-form works that were actually created for kids there aren't very many of them um and so yes those are influences as well uh you can certainly hear it in the in the music from the outset um uh and you know the palo alto children's theater commissioned it based on the first two albums 
uh, when Judge, who runs Palo Alto Children's Theater, he sat down with the books and CDs and realized this is basically an act one and an act two of a longer show. Uh -huh. um, so to get to your other question, which was who's in the band? Um, well, there's Beyonce, and then <laughs> there's uh, uh, Taylor Swift. Tay -tay, She's in, we like Tay -tay's in her. Yeah, Tay Tay's, Tay -tay's in. in there. And, of course, the Beeps. The Beeps is in the band. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, we go from Beethoven to the Beeps. Um, no. The, so Phineas McBoof starts the band. The second person he, he adds to the band is Backbone the Octopus, the world's only eight-armed drummer. Oh, nice. Um, and the third person is Bottomus the Hippopotamus, who's a big, fat bass player who plays the big, fat bass notes. Uh -huh. Groove it, baby. Groove it, baby. Uh -huh. Who else is in the band, girls? They're, they're, Lenny they're Longtail. Lenny Longtail, the yodeling lizard who plays the fiddle and loves classical music, even though classical music doesn't love him because he doesn't play it right. Um, <laughs> the Ooga Boogas, the world's greatest horn section, who is the best horn players in the world, but nobody will listen to them because they're monsters and everybody runs every time they play. Wow. Riley the Robot. Riley the Robot, named after this punk back here in Taxi. <laughs> uh, she's a keyboard-playing poet robot. Uh -huh. And then we have a rapping songbird named Sydney the Beak. Yeah, and that's named after this this crazy girl right here. Uh huh. Um, oh, and then we have three opera singers called uh, Itre Tenori, the three tenors: Luciano Fragarotti, Placido Flamingo, and Jose the Ferret. <laughs> and they're played by three real life opera singers. Uh, one of whom, whom is a Grammy winning uh, opera singer, uh, a big famous guy named Nathan Gunn. Uh -huh. And then finally we have, oh, and Dr. Noise is in the band, who uh, basically when he joins the band on the on the second CD, he's a total you know, like loser children's musician who can't get any gigs and can't get anybody to listen to his music because he, he bores kids to sleep at his concerts. And Phineas, oh, no. Phineas teaches him how to be a real entertainer. <laughs> uh, and that's in the musical, actually, that premieres tonight. Uh -huh. And then the new characters on the, on the symphony album are uh, Mama and Mama's Boy. Mama is an evil bunny. That's um, purple. It's purple. You guys tell them about Mama, because you guys actually, my daughters came up with the character. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me. Yeah, tell Mom's, us about Mama's an evil purple bunny, and she has a sidekick, Mama's Boy, who is a shark, and, <laughs> well, he's quite stupid, actually. He's um, tone deaf. Yeah. And Mama is doesn't like music or especially Phineas McBoof because her um her little baby bunnies they moved out because they were inspired by Phineas to go make music and oh. so she doesn't get to see them anymore and she doesn't like Phineas. Yes. She hates music. She's yeah. trying to ruin Phineas's whole show. Yeah. Wow. Okay. She, she doesn't appear until the orchestral album but and she's played by this amazing Grammy winning opera singer named Isabel Leonard who if if people don't know about her just go look up her website isabel leonard she's ridiculous and uh -huh. she uh we we were so fortunate to get her on the album both her and nathan it i i'm not sure exactly why they did it but we're not asking too many questions right we had a good time and and uh, it was awesome yeah. let's get out of the car all right we're getting we're getting out of, we're going to grandma's house now okay okay it's a whole yeah. this is a family affair and i love it um, family affair, yeah. so the new record is it actually came out over the summer it is yep. called, it's um, Phineas McBoof Crashes the Symphony. That's so, right. So that's taken like the, the rock band dream and sort of uh, turning it sideways a little bit. So how does he get involved with the, with the symphony and why was it important for you for him to be at the symphony? 
Well, so it was important for nice. My my daughter's giving me rabbit ears. Uh-huh. Before I go upstairs to my own room, I would like you to meet my mother. There she is. Hi, Hi how I'm are Steve. you? We're on a podcast right now. Oh, we're on a podcast. Yes. Okay. This is this is Grandma. This we is, call her Umma. This is FaceTime. We love her. That's very close. So you get full credit for being a part oh, of the modern generation. This is oh, it's almost face. This is Skype. Oh, yeah. this is close, close, close yeah. enough. Let me give you a kiss. How far away is he? Where are you? He I'm, actually is turning the corner. I'm not far. I'm a, I'm in Belmont right no, now. And uh, <laughs> I'm in Belmont right now, and I um, oh. I work in Los Altos Hills. This is a very busy time <laughs> for the family. So. Very programmed. My yeah. grandparents and my mom's dad lived in Belmont. When That's I, right. I grew up here in Los Altos. We used to go to his house in Belmont. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let me give you a kiss. I'm going to do this. No. Okay. Thanks, girls. See you later. So you're going, Amazing. You're Everybody misbehave, okay? Yeah. Um, right. So your question was, why did I and... Why did I decide to go to the symphony with kids, and why did Symphon- Phineas decide to start yeah. a symphony, essentially? Right. Um, and uh, it, it, they're sort of one and the same answer because Phineas kind of represents things that I either uh, am or would like to be, I suppose. Um, and so um, Phineas left because he became... Uh, he became so huge as a rock star that everywhere he went with the International Band of Misunderstood Geniuses, everybody cheered so loudly that he couldn't even hear his own music. And while a lot of people would think that was the apex of success, that was not success to him because he was all about making great music. Uh-huh. So, so he snuck off one night and left a note telling the band, uh, continue on without me. You're great. You don't need me anymore. I've, taught you everything I can teach you, and now it's time for you guys to grow up and be leaders yourself. And he went off and started an orchestra in an island in the middle of nowhere, um, teaching a bunch of uh, animals how to play the instruments. And he started the symphony orchestra because he thought orchestral music was so fascinating and interesting and sophisticated and uh, really the most adventurous kind of music in the world. And the reason why he thinks that is because I wrote him, and that's what I think. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough, right? <laughs> I, uh, um, uh, my background is I have a, a classical music degree from Stanford, and um, I love orchestral music. I love Mahler and, and Beethoven, and, and uh, I could name a million orchestral composers. Um, uh, I love, and I there's a lot of opera that I think is really cool. Um, uh, and so uh, I, I decided that not only did I love that kind of music, but I have been fortunate, I guess you could say, in that I've had a little bit of success with Dr. Noise doing sort of musical theater, pop musical theater albums for kids. And it was not only something I wanted to do, but I thought it was sort of my responsibility to try to bring something a little more sophisticated, a different style of music orchestral music to kids with the sort of megaphone that I had. Um, uh, And I realized that most people in the industry probably think that three minute fun pop songs for kids is better way to go. But um, I've already done a few of those. So it's kind of like Phineas, it's time to move on to something else. Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) well, but I think it's a good, 
you know, use your platform, use your platform. And, and I know that education is, is a big part of who you are and what you do, but you're using yeah. your platform to educate about orchestral music and you're doing it with a familiar character for those of, for those of us who have been, you know, in the world of, of Dr. Noise and Phineas McBoof. And it's something that's important to you. And like, as an artist, you know, if it comes from the heart and if it's authentic, then like people are going to gravitate to it. So. Yeah. And people have loved it. And, you know, I mean, I have a huge platform. There's at least 10 or maybe even 12 people, you know, out there listening. Um, <laughs> you add that to my five, <laughs> and we're almost at 20. We're great. <laughs> uh, no, I have been incredibly for You know, the, the symphony shows we've done, we've done shows to 2,500 kids. Uh, we've done shows to 1,000 kids. We've done... Um, and that was, you know, the symphony album, actually, the genesis of it was it was initially a, a commission from... Uh, the McConnell Foundation, this, this organization in, in Northern California, to compose a, orchestra, a live orchestral work for kids uh, with the North State Symphony. And we did those shows and we did a tour of three cities and, you know, we sold out larger than thousand seat theaters for all three of those shows and the kids went nuts. And that's when we were able to say, you know, we had thought, we being me and Kyle Pickett, who was a Stanford classmate of mine and who was the conductor of the North State Symphony at the time, we have always thought that kids are the most adventurous audience in the world. And frankly, unlike adults, they haven't, they, they're not set in their ways with what they like to listen to. It's not like, I only like this genre and these three artists and that's what I'm going to listen to every day in the car, right? right. Kids are much more adventurous than that. And uh, we had this hypothesis that, that wasn't exactly proven, but then when we did these shows and we had all these kids, you know, thousands of kids who loved it, it was like, hey, look, see? I mean, kids are totally into listening to Beethoven and listening to orchestral music that Dr. Noise has written and whatever, as long as, as long as it's presented in a fun sort of rock concert style away instead of everybody has to sit there and focus very carefully right. and, and nobody should sneeze. And, you know, uh, our, our symphonic concerts are very different. So now we've done them with the Juno Symphony. We've done them with the Springfield Symphony in Missouri. The uh, CBS station out there uh, filmed that one, and it was like a holiday special out in Missouri. And oh, wow. we've, we've done it in uh, – uh, uh, where else have we done it? We've, we've done it in uh, – several other places uh so it's been fun and we're gonna play we're gonna play more too that's great so we've done it in colorado yeah we've done it in bozeman um anyways wow so how what is there a relation between uh the phineas records and the other two records that you've done the grammaropolis and um i'm sorry i'm having a trouble finding grammaropolis well the other one hasn't come out yet it's called punctuate this and it comes uh, okay out that's why here. i can't find it yeah you're completely forgiven for not knowing why it, what it's called because it isn't yet. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now it's called Punctuate This, and um, the relationship is only that Doctor Noise is in both of them. Actually, the Doctor Noise characters, uh, the the other band is in the first album too, but not the second. Um, but the the relation is that, as you correctly pointed out, probably more than your average or not, probably more than most kids musicians, I come from an education background and I I want to incorporate that into everything I do, even the live shows. And so the the if you look at the Dr. Noise mission statement on the, on the front page of the website, which is what I've always, 
I, I've always thought the, the most important thing to do is always know why you're doing something first, right? Right. So the mission statement, uh, I think I can get it word for word, is something like Dr. Noise inspires uh, creativity, curiosity, and character through music and words. Did I get it right? You did, yes. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the Phineas recordings basically try to they try to entertain, but they also try to teach and inspire kids to explore music. Not just like, oh, I like that song, it has a good a beat to it, I'm going to dance. Yeah. Uh -huh. But actually learn about meter and tempo and orchestration and all that stuff. And the Grammaropolis recordings inspire kids about the creation of words. So the first Grammaropolis record is all about the different kinds of words, and the second Grammaropolis record is all about punctuation. But that is all in the context of both of them are actually little works of musical theater where there's a story behind it all. You know, there's a character who's a noun, there's a character who's a verb, uh, there's a character who's the exclamation point. And um, so between those two series, the Phineas McGlue series and the Grammaropolis series, uh, I'm trying to cover the, the two areas of cre creativity that I'd like to uh, share with kids, which is language and music. Great. Amazing. Uh, Gram Grammaropolis is a um, actually a brand. This is the other reason I do it, just because I like doing things with my friends who I respect. Um, Grammaropolis was started by Court Voorhees, who is a uh, acclaimed uh, young adult author. But more importantly to me, anyways, um, <laughs> he and I taught together at Pinewood School. Oh wow! Uh, at one point, he's a few years younger than me. At one point, I was actually his department head, um, <laughs> and he was an English teacher. But I can't remember how this worked exactly, but he was able to choose, he was able to self-select into the arts department as an English teacher because he just liked all the crazy creative stuff we were doing, right? Uh -huh. And so Court and I have been friends for a long time, and um, so he has these apps and these books and all this stuff, and he wanted to do albums. So he called me and said, do you want to do this? And I said, yeah, that sounds great. Uh -huh. Wow. And I mean, speaking of apps and things like that, I, I want to point people to... Uh, your website, which is drnoise.com. And I'm just going to, so just folks, you need to understand what's happening here. This is not just a, just a, a nice guy who's making records with, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's not a nice guy at all. No. <laughs> no, he's a nice guy. But he's got musical recordings. There are two books. There are one, two, three, four apps that you have. There are yeah. four online games that you have on your website there yeah. is also teaching and learning sections so you are really like multifaceted like really like was was it in i guess like what i'm trying to ask is in making the apps and in doing the books and like trying to expand the universe like how much of that is is driven by your wanting to be in all of these different mediums versus like how much is just like you are a creative person and like this seems fun like I'm gonna go do it. It's mostly the, <laughs> it's mostly the second one, uh -huh. uh, which is why I tend to take on too much work. <laughs> um, but it, it really it's a con and, and thank you that's a great question uh, I appreciate it. Um, it's really a combination of two things. Um, the intellectual one, which is. Uh, uh, far less the reason than the emotional one. Uh -huh. But the, the intellectual one is that um, kids these days, kids these days, <laughs> um, you know, are exploring a lot of different media. They are, they're into recordings, they're into apps, they're into books. Hopefully they're into books these days. Um, they have, we have, um, you know, we have 11 animated videos on the site and 
the Grammarabolis just successfully completed a Kickstarter campaign to animate 10 more in the next album. So we have videos, and I like to go in and do teaching workshops too. So all, all of that is to say, yes, there are... Um, if, if you are doing something that uh, hopefully has some uh, uh, inspiring and, and educating qualities for kids, it's a good idea to be in multimedia. I know that sounds like a catchphrase, but it's a good idea to be in different forms of media. Um, you may have a kid who loves recordings but has never done apps and gets into the Dr. Noise and Grammaropolis apps through the recordings. You may have a kid who... His parents never listen to music, but like every other kid, he has a bunch of apps and he stumbles on the Dr. Noise apps and all of a sudden he gets in the recordings, you know, and the recordings lead him to actually read a book, you know, the Dr. Noise book that goes along with it. So that's one thing. The more emotional thing was, yeah, it all sounds fun. And what I learned as a teacher um, and as a parent, um, you know, everything I do as Dr. Noise is basically informed by those five years that I had teaching high school and junior high music and as a parent. And what I have learned um, is a few things. One, I think that we as adults are so busy and distracted by a million things these days that we assume that a, 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 too many times we think our kids just need to be distracted or entertained. Uh, and uh, in sort of the modern internet culture, I know I sound like I'm 537 years old <laughs> saying this, but um, too many things are organized around the concept that assumes that our kids have a two-minute attention span, and if they can't, if if they can't get hooked in uh, forty-five seconds on an internet video, then forget it. It's not worth it. And I just want to give my kids something to do so that I can go do something else. Now, my experience as a teacher and as a parent is that kids are not not only more educated, but they're also more happy and engaged when they're actually doing things that they know are actually building real knowledge and skills and value and passion for something larger into their world. And so when I was a teacher, I found that when I was a choir director, kids didn't want to just sing a bunch of pop songs in the choir. They wanted to sing Haydn. When I gave them the option, when we sang both and I taught them both, they wanted to sing the sophisticated, awesome stuff. I'm not saying that pop music can't be awesome. So they just, they wanted to grow. Mm -hmm. And the way kids, the way you get kids to grow, this is what I learned as a teacher, is things have to be attached to stories and characters. And if anything that's attached to stories and characters, kids, anybody, but kids much more than adults, kids are much more intellectual and creative than adults are. It's a newsflash. You probably know this. They will go with you if you tell a story. So if you just turn on Beethoven's Ninth Symphony and say, hey, let's listen to this. Yes, it's true. Kids might get bored after a couple minutes. If you, before doing that, if you say, there was this amazing man, Beethoven, and he went deaf. And despite the fact that he went deaf, he wrote this 60-minute monument to everything yeah. right i mean i'm gonna cry just talking about it <laughs> and and he wrote the most amazing symphony that anybody had written to date and they premiered it and the only person who couldn't hear it at the premiere was him it's crazy you don't want to hear that right kids will go yeah i want to hear that yeah. and all of a sudden they're engaged why are they engaged because you told them 
the reason why he wrote music is not just a bunch of blips and notes. He, he was an, an amazing character with an amazing story. So what I learned, you know, I taught a, I taught a music history, a, a classical music history course in high school. And everybody told me no kids would take it. No kids. And I said, just put it on the schedule. And my administration at Pinewood was smart and awesome enough to say, okay, fine, we'll just put it on the schedule. And uh, what I learned through that is just what I told you. If I just played something and said, wow, this is a great piece of music, I'd get some kids, but not all. But if you tell the ridiculous, crazy story behind Berlioz's Symphony Fantastique first and then say, do you want to hear it? They go, oh, yeah. Uh -huh. And um, so getting to Dr. Noise, there's a reason why everything, whether it's the books or the music or the apps, is based on characters and stories. And that is that it accomplishes two things. One, it engages people more. And two, it gets people willing to focus on longer form work. So I have this song that was a number one song on XM Kids Radio called Banana. It's a silly little song. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's catchy, all that stuff. But it is actually part of a, longer, a larger musical. And so um, if you get into Banana and then you go listen to the album, you realize, oh, there's this, and this musical, The Ballad of Finish McBoof. They actually go to a classical music concert. They listen to that. They go see the Ooga Boogas, who is like jazz horn section. And, and so all of a sudden... Uh, kids are willing to go into, uh, they'll follow you to a larger avenue of different styles of music. Yeah. And kids will do that a lot more than adults. And I am not totally, one of the reasons I got into Dr. Noise is I was not totally thrilled with um, the fact that by my observation, I didn't think that kids media, particularly in music, was necessarily treating my kids with the respect that I felt they deserved. Wow. That's, uh, that's a great sentiment. You know, the, the idea of being expansive and the idea of building around character and story is, uh, you know, it's a universe, right? Like when I, when I said to you, like I was immersed in, in your universe, like I wasn't, I wasn't kidding. And it's so good that it's so intentional. You know, there's a a reason for all of it. You're not just doing it because like, oh, this seems like the right thing. You're doing it because like there's a higher purpose. And your higher purpose, as you said in your mission statement, is really like it's a good thing. You know, parents who are listening to this, Dr. Noise does inspire creativity, curiosity, and character through music, art, and words. I and I think anyone who's listening to you talk about this is gonna feel that. So you're you're a, you're living it, you're living the thing. Yeah. You're living the well, thing. Well, thank you. You know, it's funny. It, uh, people have often asked, well, wh who was, when you started doing music, who, who was your children's music inspiration? Who did you, you know? Yeah. And, and I always answered Pixar, right? which is not children's music, but it's the, 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 a similar sort of philosophy. If you go to Inside Out, um, it's an amazing, the technical production is all beautiful. It's astounding. But when you peel it back and you go home with your kids after, you're talking about elements of personality and dealing with emotion. You're talking about real things. Right. After you come from that movie, right? Yep. And, and you see most of their movies and you realize, you know, 
this is a bunch of people, you know, we wanted to make the best recording possible with the city of Prague Philharmonic Orchestra on the latest thing. And, and on the early Dr. Noise album, you know, I have like the Tower Power horn section and Huey Lewis's players and Chris Isaac. We have real players on this, wow. on these albums. But at, so the production values are, we want to make them high because that's important to me as a musician. I just want to do good stuff. But when you peel back the layers, there's actually, you can very clearly see a purpose in mind. And when I, when I see a Pixar movie, I see a movie by a bunch of highly technical people who clearly are also parents and educators who want to make the world a better place. Right. Right. Yep. And those are the kind of, that's the kind of children's media that resonates with me. I, I am happy to go to a concert where people are saying, everybody stand up and jump, everybody sit down, everybody stand up and jump. And that's fine. It's just, that's not what I do. Right. I mean, I do that, but we also, you know, the kids are getting up and they're at the concerts, for example, where we do live loop recording and we get kids up actually recording their own vocals into the, right at the concert, right into the creative process. You know, I get kids up dancing, but then we also say, this song is in a weird number of beats per measure. Most songs are in four beats, but this isn't. How many beats per measure? And all the kids are up there like trying to figure it out, right? Yeah. And and that to me, for this age, that to me is a more fun, that is a funnerer concert. That's a word, right? <laughs> that funner-er is. Concert. It's, a, it's on Grammaropolis. Funnerer. <laughs> funnerer. Yeah. And, you know, at the orchestral shows, if kids are trying to figure out what section is this? Is this the string section? Is this the horn section? And, you know, um, so to me, that's, it's, it's, I don't know, that's just what my kids get engaged in. And uh, uh, let's be honest, we're leaving our kids with a world, uh, uh, with a, a host of sophisticated technology related problems from climate change to everything else. Um, they're going to have to be a little more creative and sophisticated than we are, whether we like it or not. Yeah, well. And they're capable of it. They are capable of it. We should never underestimate a kid's intelligence, and as you said, way better than I can say it before. So, drnoise.com, Corey, you are uh, you are nonstop, and you are an inspiration. And I, I wish you nothing but the best. The show opens if you're in the Palo Alto area. Hopefully, you know about it. Um, there's stuff in the works. There's stuff in the pipeline. Outside of the website, is there a, a way to keep up with you and what you're doing? Uh, I have a Facebook page, Dr. Noise. I think it's just Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R-N-O-I-Z-E. I mean, if you Google Dr. Noise on Facebook, you'll find it. Nice. Uh, the website and the Facebook page are the two main ways uh, to keep up. I used to have an email list, and I don't do it anymore because it took like a day a month to like. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> put, yeah. So now we just do all the updates. You can see the concert calendar and, yeah. the, and the show calendar and all that on the, um, yeah, online. Uh, at, at drnoise.com or the Facebook page. Great. Well, keep it up. Keep it up. Don't lose your steam. It's great. Keep hey, thank you, so, thank you so much, Mike. I, I really appreciate um, you are clearly a kindred spirit, and uh, I, I've really enjoyed this talk. So thank you for uh, giving uh, not only me, but there are, you know, there are a lot of great children's musicians out there, as I'm sure you know, because I'm sure you've talked to some of them. And so thank you for giving us a forum to uh, get our messages out. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Corey. All right, man. See you later. Thanks. All right. And that's a wrap on episode 47. Kind of turned into a family affair there a little bit in the middle, huh? Pretty fun. Big thanks to Dr. Noise himself. Corey Cullinan had a great time talking to him. We covered a lot, a lot, a lot of ground. 
And now you can hear the song Mystery Monkey from Phineas McBoof Crashes the Symphony by Dr. Noise in its entirety. Talk to you very, very, very soon. Maestro of a monkey, Macboof the monkey started up a band of misunderstood geniuses of every shape and kind. They traveled and they toured from land to land, but gradually the crowds became unwieldy. Eventually the crowds became too loud, so Phineas he snuck away and left his band behind. Have you seen him out on a limb? Have you seen a monkey anywhere? No, but he's the chip that every chump here wants to find. Player of the winter sold on houses. We found the place we truly belong. Everywhere we go, we simply can't have a worst. Have you seen a monkey singing songs? Sometimes we hear a whisper of a rumor. Sometimes we find a clue, but then it's wrong. Until one day we have to say our search for him is done. He'll always be a mystery. It's aspiration, inspiration, all in one. He's a Stuff.